Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. My name is Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, a full-service crowdfunding marketing agency, and your host of Art of the Kickstart. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. If you're interested in learning what we're all about or kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Here you'll find our entire guide to crushing your campaign and taking your business to new heights. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. This afternoon, I have with me Eric Clifton of Orison. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Eric, you've got a killer project right now that is active on Kickstarter. Give us an idea of the product. Yeah, so the product is uh, energy storage, but it is a plug-and-play energy storage device that allows people to deal with demand issues. So when we use energy and use the energy that's produced at the cheapest price, depending on what your utility rates are. So how did you guys come up with this technology? Where did it all start? Honestly, it came from being in between. I'm a serial entrepreneur, and, and so I was in between gigs. I had just shelved one of my past companies and decided to move on. And we had just put solar on our home. And when our local utility actually shifted us to time of use rates, we didn't really realize what the implication was going to be on our daily use because we just installed solar. So we thought all would be well. And what ended up happening is, is our daily tasks and chores that we did in the day, running laundry, dishes, whatever, ended up eating up the savings that we had from our solar. And so being very frustrated, we decided to push all those things off into the evening hours. Well, as you can imagine, it destroyed our family time because all we did was spend time doing chores after work. And so, being a bit frustrated with that, I really decided that I wanted to put kind of a large UPS on our dishwasher and our, our washing machine so that we can run laundry and, and do dishes during the day and not have that uh, negative impact. And uh, it's really dawned on me at that point, all the work that I've been doing for the last 10 plus years with uh, utilities and demand response and, and energy arbitrage, so uh, moving energy around to make it better for the grid, this became very apparent that it was a good fit for what's happening today as uh, energy rates are, are now starting to fluctuate and we're seeing utilities take on those schemes. And what ends up happening is the utilities offer demand response programs, but it's always at a negative impact to the customer, meaning they set your thermostat back or shut down production machinery in factories and, and uh, manufacturing in order to to better the grid or or secure the grid, and so we wanted to come up with a way that you could keep your time of use, meaning when you need to use it, and still support the grid and and uh, keep that infrastructure uh, happy and healthy for all of us. Impressive. How many people right now do you think are in America that are in this situation? You know, it, it's funny because when we did the the case studies, ninety five percent of the utilities in the U.S. actually offer a time of use rate, but the big impacted areas are areas like Nevada, which uh, it's not necessarily time of use, but anybody with solar, they got rid of uh, net metering, uh, which means that uh, those customers are in trouble because there is no payback on their solar. And then you have uh, California, which 
is moved to time of use for anybody who has solar, but it's actually mandatory by 2019 for everybody in California to be on time of use. And Hawaii is doing the same and a lot of other states are starting to follow suit. And that's just because of the fact that the more intermittent renewables we put on the grid, the more that we go from the problem of just being demand, that was the original issue on the grid, to now we have overcapacity or overgeneration that doesn't meet when we want to use the power. And so now you have a, a, a greater delta in the problem. And so they're pushing regulation hard to make that impact greater for more people uh, in the U.S. for sure. So what, what kind of hurdles have you guys had to jump through uh, to get the product to market? Uh, honestly, first were the technical hurdles. And uh, as you can imagine, the reason why this isn't being done is because you have to very much think differently than what's traditionally been thought of and how power is to be used or deployed. And so after getting through the technical hurdles uh, and knowing that the product works, now we have regulatory hurdles that we're working through, but all are very, very positive and they all, all the indicators look like that that won't be an issue, but there are some political hurdles that we have to get over because uh, it's it's not what does the code say, it's what or how do we interpret the code because of the applications that we've done in past as opposed to what does the code actually say and how can it be used to keep customers safe. And so we believe we have those hurdles covered, but we do have to get through them. Indeed. So give us a little backstory on what made you guys decide to use crowdfunding as your means to, to launch the company and the product. Yeah, so crowdfunding has always been just an amazing platform for particularly for startup companies that don't have big marketing budgets and have the ability now via crowdfunding to get out to a very diverse market and not only show that there's interest and a demand for what you're doing, but also, uh, it's, it's the awareness piece that allows people to even know you're on the map. And then, uh, finally, the biggest thing is, is the feedback that you get is invaluable because there are always areas because we work in, you know, the, the circles we work in, people come out with very diverse questions that help you improve the product and, and, uh, make sure that you de-risk it for investors. And so that's where we saw crowdfunding and it, it has been very true for us. Uh, all of those things have happened. It's made, it's opened a lot of doors and uh, definitely made people aware of what we're doing. Indeed. I mean, you guys are seeing great success right now. Do you think that potentially it might still be too early for a product like this? Or are you guys happy and, you know, with the success you've seen thus far? No, actually, so we, we actually think the market, we're right in the right timing for a product like ours. It is too early in a lot of areas. So the financial uh, return on investment doesn't necessarily work for a large chunk of the US, but there are a lot of reasons for energy storage and products like ours beyond just the return on investment. Uh, specific, or specifically, if you look at the Northeast with all of the storms that are causing problems and outages in the grid, it's a lot better than a generator. For most people, and particularly if you're in like high density housing apartments and things like that, you can't even have a generator for backup. So that application is good. But being where we are right now, as far as being too early in the market is, is we're really right in the right spot because now all of the regulation is changing. And if innovators don't come out and put their ideas out there for people to even know what they're regulating against, the policy is going to 
make it very difficult for innovation to actually solve the problems that are happening right now with this kind of move to a, a renewable energy grid. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, let's backtrack a little bit in terms of the, the marketing effort that you guys had done before the campaign ever launched, how far out did that begin? And what are some of the activities that you and your team took on? Yeah. So we, we actually started really getting PR and, and just interest moving about six, maybe a little over six months before the campaign. There's been, uh, as you can imagine, a significant amount of work done in the messaging and uh, the branding of the company in order to get something that customers can relate to and identify with. And for us, because we're the type of company that we are, we want everything to be better than as we described. And I'm sure a lot of people say that, but in, in general, we, we've worked very, very hard to try and make this campaign go as smooth as possible. And uh, as you know, nothing ever goes the way that you anticipate. And although the campaign is very successful, it is, it is going smoothly. There have been some trying things that have come up that we didn't prepare for that knowing now, I, I think I would have preferred to have prepared and, and ready to go as the campaign rolled out. What are some of those things that we can you know, show to our backer or our community uh, in terms of things that you might have uh, give them a heads up on if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, sure. So the biggest thing is, is having, you want to do a, a decent update every week and give people a little bit more insight into what you're doing. And so for us, if we had been able to prepare some of those simple videos and, and other content pieces before, it would have been a much easier transition. We're, we're working very hard in the amount of questions and things that have come in. It makes it very difficult to produce those things now. And then uh, the other is just, I think, on social media, I think we could have spent a little bit more time just getting the messaging around certain market segments uh, a little bit more refined. That would have made it e an easier transition during the campaign when people are asking specifically from, say, a utility or specifically from, we've got some outside-of-the-box folks from the boating industry and RV industry that want to take our application and, and, and definitely the solar industry. And so, if we had some of that messaging already done, it would have been a lot less of an effort during the campaign. Gotcha. No, it's always interesting to hear, you know, some of the, the pain points that come along and potentially different use cases of the product that you might not even have thought of. Right, right. And that's, that's what we're seeing. And, and so we're having to very actively kind of push our engineering team to say, well, is this possible? Can we do this? Because you also don't want to turn away opportunities, not, not that you need to sell to everybody. And, and quite frankly, the product isn't for everybody, but, but you also want to keep an open mind that, that it, there might be a channel that's discovered through the campaign. If you keep getting that same repeated question over and over, you know, there's always, always another. Uh, channel that you might uncover that that could be very good that nobody thought of. Absolutely. So in terms of some of the marketing that you guys have done, and now that you have you know an active campaign that's well overfunded, what are some of the the best drivers of revenue thus far for you guys? Uh, really, it's it's uh, the interest from our partners and some of the pilots that we will be rolling out this summer, because those are our large scale deployment. Uh, pilots, and we always envision the product being uh, sold or, or offered by utilities to their customers to, to basically make the demand response 
program palatable and valuable to their customers, not just the utility. And so we had hoped that we would get interest, but uh, we actually got a lot more interest than we anticipated, which obviously says a lot of things. One, timing is right in the market, and these utilities are uh, very interested in, in how they can move to the next level and better the service that they have for their customers. That's great to hear. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, California being that first mover. Uh, I think, you know, you guys are, are in a good space and I think your timing is right on for that. So, you know, yeah. a- after Kickstarter ends and you guys deliver your product in six months or so, you know, what, what's next for the company and you guys? Yeah. So it's really going out to these, uh, large scale pilots and then, uh, rolling out directly to a number of markets, uh, within and outside, both outside of the U.S. But, you know, the, the design idea for the product was really always how do we deliver energy services to anybody, whether there's a grid or not. And so we're very heavily looking into areas that don't have either a solid grid connection or don't have access and never will have access, i.e. places like India and uh, some places in Africa. And so the next iteration of the product will actually incorporate the ability to plug solar directly into it and create a very simple system for people to be able to run small appliances and lights off of just to give them that flexibility uh, that they don't have today. Impressive. Yeah, I think your uh, your future looks bright. What I'd like to do now is jump into our launch launch round uh, where I rapid fire questions at you, Eric. You ready to go? Okay. Sure. So what uh what inspired you to be a serial entrepreneur? Oh, uh, it's in my DNA. I've always been tinker and problem solver since I was a kid. So if there was an entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have coffee with? Honestly, these days just cuz he's relevant, it would be um someone from probably Erwin Jacobs would be definitely. I think Tesla would be another one that would be up there that's in the past clearly. Uh but yeah, I think those two are, are quite significant. What would be your first question? Uh, what was the point in which they realized that what they were doing was going to make a difference? That'll work for me. Who did you look up to growing up? Believe it or not, folks like Ford and, uh, well... Uh, I mean, Ford was probably my biggest one, but but I, I think Tucker, because uh, if you know the story of Tucker, he fought against all odds. He was a small guy, and unfortunately, he didn't succeed, but he's left a legacy of one of the most compelling, innovative automobiles ever in history, and he beat out the large guys doing what he believed what was, was right. Indeed. What business books or life books would you recommend for our audience? Hmm. Probably The Art of War. Uh, that one always comes to mind. But uh, honestly, one of uh, my favorite all-time books on faith is uh, George Mueller because he did the impossible, but he lived in alignment with uh, God's will. And ultimately, he was provided for without ever having to ask for anything because, well, God knew his needs before he did. Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, five years, uh, hopefully making a big difference in this energy space and being able to 
really work on a lot of the uh, NGO side of things where uh, we are actually becoming uh, a philanthropic group, being able to uh, bring, like I said, power to people that just don't have it today. Uh, the the for-profit side is is fun and it's exciting, but quite honestly, my heart is to to give things away and to be able to make lives better for for people who really don't have the same opportunities that we do here. I love that passion, Eric. What valuable company is nobody building? What valuable company is nobody building? Hmm. That's a tough question. I have to think about that one probably longer than this interview. That's fine. I I threw that one in there on you. I haven't asked anyone that one yet. Uh, Final question. (laughs) What does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? I think the future of crowdfunding is bright with regards to people's desire to be early and interested in products. I do see, unfortunately, a place where regulation might need to come in to help uh, vet uh, or maybe put a little bit of security around the the, uh, backers' money, just making sure that, that they're not at, you know, completely at risk, depending on maybe maybe the amount of money. But I just uh, I want to make sure that, or I, or I believe that that in, as the future goes forward, there are always people that ruin a good thing, and and I don't want to see crowdfunding get in a position where people think it's always just hocus pocus or or snake oil. No, I can agree with that, Eric. Well, I appreciate your time, Eric. Now it gets to the end where you give us your pitch. Tell us what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check out your project. Sure. So uh, go to Orison, O-R-I-S-O-N dot energy, E-N-E-R-G-Y, and uh, definitely check us out. Uh, we would love the support of everybody, not necessarily in, in buying a product, but just support in saying or that they believe in what we're doing, whether now or in the future, this would be something that they would be interested in that would help us out. And um, yeah, and so hopefully they'll be able to uh, use subsidies and, and other things to make this much more palatable value proposition to them uh, in the very near future. So keep an eye on what we're doing. We have a lot of good things happening, as I said, with utility pilots around the world. And um, I think people will start to see some pretty interesting things come from our company. Indeed. I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye out, Eric. And thank you so much for joining us on Art of the Kickstart. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.